Hello, witches and wanderers. My name is Missa. And my name is Katie, and welcome to the Baby Witch Podcast. Hey, Katie, how are you? I'm doing as well as we can in the middle of a semi-dystopia. Um, there is nothing semi about it, love. <laughs> I'm trying to be optimistic slash be in denial. Thank you very much. In non-dystopian news, um, we do have Emolk or Candlemas coming up. Um, and that is oftentimes like in the name candle. Uh there's candle magic incorporated into that Sabbath. And so today we wanted to do a very brief, just kidding, this is going to be a super long episode, <laughs> um, but a very brief episode about candle magic because it's super popular and we haven't really talked about it in depth on the podcast yet. Yeah, I think we've mentioned it in, po- in passing, especially I think we talked about it during our um, episode where we just talked about spell work and how you do spell work. Um, but I know I use candle magic a lot and it is actually a very complex uh, method of using magic and it's also very popular. I also feel like it's a um, it's a really good starting point for beginner witches because you can, you know, you can start really simple with just like a single, you know, charging a candle with your intention Um, And it also gives you a focal point to harness your energy because you're doing something concrete. You're not, you know, just metaphorically casting your energy around stuff like that. Um, And it also has kind of a stereotypical witchy aesthetic. So it can actually make you feel like a witch if you're like kind of new and don't really feel confident, that sort of thing. So, Yeah. yeah, I candles were one of the first ways that I kind of got into witchcraft, um, even like years and years before I would have ever called myself a witch when I was just kind of mm-hmm. still playing with the idea. And I would just like have a pillar candle that I would burn. And when like when I was feeling particularly spiritual um, before I even really knew anything about candle magic. But it's just I mean, it's definitely an easy gateway into bigger practices. Yes. Yeah. And I was the same way that like, I think I've talked before about how when I was realizing I was a witch, I was like, oh, I have an altar on my dresser that I don't call an altar. And it had like knickknacks from me traveling that are very pagan and witchy. Um, You know, one was like a literal statue statue of Gaia and statue of Artemis. Um, But I also had a bunch of candles that I just burned all the time. Um, and so I've always really connected with candles. Um, the first bit of formal magic I did was a little bit of candle magic. I do a spell every new moon. Um, and usually I do candle magic just because, you know, I'm, I have a lot of earth in me and I like things that are tangible. And I also like candle magic because there's just so much variance in what you can do with candle magic that it's very easy to, with just an adjustment to the herbs or the oil or the words you're using, it's very easy to adjust the intention of the spell to make it do what you want it to do. Um, And then I also, I've talked about, I don't burn incense, but what I do burn as an offering on my altars for the deities I work with are candles. Um, And then, yeah, another way I work with candles is, you know, a lot of times people, you know, it's really hard um, when you transition from being Christian to being a witch because in Christianity you're taught like, well, if someone's, 
you know, in trouble, you should pray for them. And, you know, if someone needs help, you should pray for them. But there's also this tradition in witchcraft where you shouldn't do a spell on someone's behalf unless they consent to you doing a spell on their behalf. Um, but, you know, one interpretation of that that I've heard is I'll, instead of saying, I'll say a prayer for you, you say, I'll light a candle for you. And you can just, you know, light a little tea candle and, um, you know, it's not necessarily a spell. It's just kind of putting your intention for that person's goodwill out into the universe. And that's what I tend to do if someone, you know, is sick or when Ruth Bader, you know, when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, I burnt a candle, that sort of thing. So, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of candles. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, and you read a book to prepare for this episode because you are so on top of your shit. Um what tell me about that book because it sounded really interesting and I'm sure our listeners would love to hear about it. Yeah, so this is uh, the book of candle magic by Madame Pamita. It actually I read it because it's been on a bunch of lists of books that people were excited about coming out in 2020. Um, I think I signed up to get this. I signed this up to get this as a pre-order, but it. Uh, I think there was such a backlog on it that it originally came out at like the beginning of October, and I didn't get it delivered to me until November. Um, but yeah, it's uh, my understanding. Madame Pamita is a very famous witch, and um, this book was very heavily anticipated. Yeah, I read that, um, and. You know, I really liked it because uh, I think as I was telling you when we were talking about the episode, it really expanded my idea of what you can do with candle magic. You know, everything that I knew about candle magic going into this episode, or not everything, but the vast majority of what I knew um, was in the first two or three chapters. And then, you know, everything after that was just new information and it really expanded my idea um, of what you can do with candle magic and how diverse it is. Um, and there's a lot of great ideas and like practical advice and techniques, like some things that we're not even going to talk about, like, you know, techniques for, you know, what do you do if the wick's been drowned by the wax and how do you save that candle and, you know, just really practical things that you need to know if you're working with candles, both magically and also practically in terms of, you know, how do you keep your house from burning down, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, and- definitely. And say we're going to discuss several, some of them here. Um, we don't have time to discuss everything in the book. And also, Missa and I both do have a lot of experience working with candles outside of the book. We're going to talk about uh, a lot of stuff. And I'm going to try my best to point out when these ideas are coming directly from Madame Pimita's book. But I do just want to, you know, give that disclaimer. We're not, not everything in this episode is coming from this book. So, yeah. Um, g- I will say, you know, this is good. Some of this stuff is good for anytime you're using candles, whether or not it's for magic. Uh, we did a little Zoom, like, holiday party for our Secret Santa with our friend group. And one of the gals got, like, some candle tools. And she was looking at it. And she was like, oh, I don't know what this thing does. And Katie's like, oh, I know exactly what it does because I've been reading this book. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, some of these things are good for practical use. Some of these things are good for magic. Um, like I was saying, candle magic was really my first foray into witchcraft um, before astrology, before tarot cards, before any of that. It was always just candles. I grew up Catholic. Uh, candles were super important in that tradition. 
um, lighting. I was an ultra server. So like lighting candles before mass was one of the things that you had to do as an ultra server that I did just constantly. So it is just a very spiritual practice for me. I mostly use color magic when I'm using, when I'm practicing. I'm just, that's, I love color magic. I always have. Um, so like I'll use white candles on a new moon or a Sabbath, black candles for a full moon. And I'm also a really big fan of scented candles. Like Katie was saying, she doesn't burn incense. I'll pick a scent that I feel like resonates with me for my purpose, for whatever I, you know, whatever my intention is. Um, that being said, I've never dressed my own candles. I am a, I buy a lot of candles. I know I, I preach anti-capitalism, do as I say, not as I do. Um, but I have bought dress candles from like small businesses and stuff. Um, I even have one ready to go for the inauguration. Um, that I burnt the night of the Georgia Senate race. I started it on the Georgia Senate race. I'm going to finish it for the inauguration. Um, so that's that's another way to work with candle magic, especially when you're just starting out, um, is to, to get those from small businesses because there are a lot of places that will dress candles for you um, that you can burn yourself at home. Yeah, and it is, you know, it is totally okay to not ever dress your own candles. That is a legitimate option. There are people where they run entire businesses just based on selling dressed candles. Um, that being said, if you want to dress your own, I really like dressing my own because I feel like I can, instead of just buying a generic prosperity candle, I can do a, well, I want prosperity and serenity and protection and I can really make my candle precisely fit what I am intending to do with the spell. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's, so let's go ahead and I think just start with some basics. So I did a little bit of research into the origins of candle magic because, you know, that's a big thing on this podcast. You should always research the origins of what you're practicing because you don't want to be inadvertently uh, appropriating somebody else's traditions. Um, so. A lot of histories of candle magic just go back to how candles were invented. So we're going to go through that a little bit. Um, the first candles were used in Egypt around 3000 BCE. Um, they weren't candles as we knew, knew them or as we know them. Um, they were beeswax candles with reed wicks. And then um, the first modern candles with fiber wicks were used in Rome sometime later. And then also candles were invented independently in India um, within that same time period as well. Um, they, I think what I was reading, though, was that they were vegan candles made by burning down cinnamon um, or cinnamon oil just because uh, of Indian spiritual traditions of not using animal fat, that sort of thing, to mm-hmm. create candles. Um I've only just remembered that I have, I mean, I've made candles at home, but I had to make a candle in the fourth grade with animal fat and it (laughs) sucked. (laughs) I don't recommend doing it the old style where you just dip a wick in animal fat over and over and over again. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I had to do that for Girl Scouts or because I live in Colorado and we're very proud of our frontier pioneer history. Um, I think for pioneer days or something, we had to make candles and there, I mean, maybe it's because I was a child and I didn't have the patience for it. And if that is something you're interested in, Madame Pamita has an entire section in this book about making your own candles. I personally, yeah, I personally do not have the patience for it because it's, I mean, maybe as an adult, I, you know, could be very mindful and repetitive and meditative in that way. But 
I remember as a child, especially hating like <laughs> dipping my own beeswax candles. Um, yeah. 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 Anyway, back to what we were saying. We said we weren't going to go off on a bunch of tangents, but that just randomly popped into my head after. So I sorry. Mean, we're going to try I mean, not to do so many tangents this time. <laughs> I mean, it's candle related and we're, ma- we're making good progress. The next time that at least in, and I'm going to be honest with you, I looked up a bunch of histories and um, they were all very Eurocentric histories on this. Um, I did also do a research look up articles specifically pertaining to hoodoo candle magic um, because you see a lot of things that are specific to hoodoo when you are working with candle magic so if you go like I just went with a friend who's getting into witchcraft and is very interested in witchcraft and is very interested in it and is still learning and we just went to ritual craft and we were walking around and she asked me like oh what are these candles for and they have a bunch of hoodoo conjure centric candles and i was like oh those are specific to hoodoo voodoo um conjure basically you're you know they're not for white people um but and it's the same there's also a bunch of hoodoo specific oils that you can use to dress candles um and based on the research i did it does seem like candle magic as the modern day new age witchcraft community uses it is very Eurocentric. My apologies, and please send us the information you have if that is not accurate. But there is a very strong hoodoo candle magic tradition that is independent of that um, and has materials that are specific to that tradition. Um, And so you do want to be mindful of that and not appropriating by, you know, buying a Yamaya candle or buying a St. John the Conqueror candle um, when those aren't specific to your tradition and they belong to a hoodoo tradition. So, yeah, yeah, those are instances where we would recommend getting a service from an actual, you know, hoodoo practitioner, root worker, conjure worker, something like that, um, and paying them for their service. If that is something that you're interested in, if you've looked into it and you're like, this is really what I need, um, again, I would recommend. And, and they might even sell you the candles. They, you know, some, a lot of times they'll burn the candles for you. Um, but if it's someone that's saying, you know, here, I've dressed these candles for you. I've, I've done this, this part of it for you. The rest is up to you. That's good too. Um, but otherwise, again, make sure that you're not appropriating another, uh, a practice that doesn't belong to you ancestrally mm-hmm. and spiritually. Yes, exactly. And that being said, you know, the beauty of witchcraft in most cultures is that yeah. it's existed repetitiously throughout history and that's because you know you would be doing folk magic and just using whatever you had available in the home and because there were no electric lights candles are a very prominent piece of magic because it's a very easy thing that you would just have in your house um so that being said the next section we're going to talk about is specific um we're going to talk a little bit about a jewish traditions and european traditions but uh that's just because of what I could find in the articles I researched, you know, because of the fact that there was no electric lights, you know, there might be candle magic traditions in your culture if you did some research into it. Um, or oil lamps. I know in Mediterranean cultures, um, like in Italian culture, etc., um, oil lamp burning is a part of doing ancestral work there. So 
you know, if none of this resonates with you, I would look specifically at your heritage and see what you can find. Um, anyway, so there's evidence of candles being largely associated with pagan rituals and rites in the first few centuries of the common era. So common era, better known as AD in Europe. Um, and we have records of Christians complaining about them. That's how we know they were using them because the Christians were bitching about all the candles the pagans were using. Um, and they were used especially for Yule, which makes sense if you think about it. I don't know if you've ever seen, you know, drawings of old-fashioned Christmas trees from before electricity, but they used to full-on, like, they would have these special candle holders that would clip onto Christmas trees, and that's how you would light up a Christmas tree, which, holy shit, how did they not all burn their houses down? <laughs> right? That, um, every time I see that, it terrifies me. There is this Christmas movie that's, like, kind of pegany that I highly recommend. It's called A Journey to a Christmas Star. Um, I know it's January when we're talking about Christmas, but great mm-hmm. movie, horribly dubbed, like, one of the worst dubbing jobs ever, but it's such a good movie. It's so pagan, but they they do that. They've got, like, candles on their tree, and it terrifies me every time, even though it's, like, Hollywood, not Hollywood. It's, like, no, like Scandinavian or something, but... Yeah, we don't recommend doing that today. If you're going to put candles on your Christmas on your Yule tree today, uh, maybe do electric candles or or a fake yeah. tree. Use exclusively electric candles, please, because as much as I advocate for the use of real candles, like do you see how dry your friggin' tree gets by the end of December? Like that is just waiting to catch fire. Please do not get flame anywhere near that. Mm-mm. Yes. Um, yeah. We'll talk more about safety later, but that, we just want to stress that part right now. Yes. And then um, it was also candles were also used a lot during Imolk, which is the uh, the pagan holiday coming up on February 2nd, which is also known as Candle Mass, which is kind of the uh, Christianization of Imolk. But yeah, it's called literally Candle Mass because I mean, to me, living in a place where we actually get cold winters, I really like Imolk because it's when you know the worst part of winter is over and the days are going to start getting longer and it's going to start getting warmer from there on out. So. Uh. Yeah. And then, um, so then Christians started using candles around 400 CE and weren't lar- largely used in altars, etc. until about 1200 CE. And they're still really prominent in Catholic practice. Like, I don't know if you've ever gone to a famous cathedral, but you can usually pay money and light a candle um, there if you so choose to. Yeah. And then Catholics also have, um, and, and that's probably why I resonate so much with candle magic, but like, the candles in a Catholic church, they usually have some kind of symbol on them, um, like Greek letters representing um, like the name Jesus Christ or like they've got the little fish on them or whatever. And then they also have a candle that burns. It's an oil candle um, and it burns forever. Like it never goes out. They've got a candle that's always burning uh, in a Catholic church to represent, I don't know, something about Jesus being eternal probably. Uh, it's been a long time since mm-hmm. I've been to Catholic church. But yeah, again, like I said, you'd have to before mass as an altar server we had these really cool uh like candle lighting tools they were like giant like wicks that you would light and then you would go around to each candle in the church and light the candle and then after church they had a little snuffer on the other side and then you would go around and you would 
turn out all of the little candles. So super, super important in Catholic tradition. See, even the Catholics don't blow out their candles, but we'll talk more about that later. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and then candles are also a big part of some Jewish traditions. Um, One that I saw mentioned in my research is uh, burning a candle next to a dying person is supposed to scare away demons. And then after the person has died, burning a candle in the room where they died for a week is supposed to purify it, which... I don't think that's a good idea unless you can monitor it in that room. But then again, it's not my tradition. And I'm sure people have been doing that for hundreds or thousands of years. And they clearly didn't all die by burning down their houses. So, yeah. 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 There's, I mean, different, different traditions um, still today. Like you have the, the tall pillar seven day candles, um, that are really popular, especially in like um, Mexican Catholic traditions, um, maybe other Latinx Catholic traditions. Most of the, the Catholic, the Latinx Catholics that I know are Mexican. Um, so again, really popular throughout Catholicism. I don't know about all Christians, but um, that's, it's not just witchcraft where, where candle magic is important. And if you think about it, like, Diwali, it's the Hindu uh, festival of lights, and um, yeah, no, there's yeah. candle use. Hmm? Oh, I was gonna say Kwanzaa as well is a is a oh, yeah. um, the, a festival of lights. There are a lot of candle traditions in the winter um, to kind of you know drive out the darkness, things like that. Yes, yes, and that's because it's a dark, dark time. I miss the sunlight. I got to sit outside during the day on a Saturday recently here when it was pretty warm. It was like 40 degrees out. I was bundled up and pretty warm sitting outside. And yeah, I forgot how much I miss the sunlight. I need to get better about being outside. I'm going to be real honest with you. I was trying to like do daily walks outside and then I got to be like 30 degrees every day. And I was like, "Mm, fuck this. And then a drunk person yelled at me one day when I was doing my regular walk around the neighborhood. And I was like, I, this has piqued my anxiety and I'm going to avoid walking here forever now. Um, I will not tell you how warm it was in California this weekend. I'm so sorry. Yeah, please don't tell me because <laughs> I will, no, I, I will scream. <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, so candles are used in lots of different spiritual practices um, and also in lots of non-spiritual practices as well. So um, we kind of want to cover some basic uh, candle safety, whether that is relating to your your craft, your your witchcraft practice, um, or just in general as well. Share that with friends. Let's be safe, everyone. <laughs> also, I mainly wanted to do this because I don't want to get sued by anybody <laughs> who listens and does something stupid. So we are telling you right now, we're going to go through all this stuff. You can't sue me because we we've gone through all this shit. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, so the number one rule of burning candles, period, is do not leave a candle burning unattended. Not in a room where you are not present. Not if you go to sleep. Not if you leave the house. Even if you just leave the house and you're going to run to the store for ten minutes, don't do it because you know there could be you know. So you live in California, there could be an earthquake with that burning candle and it could fall over and then your house burns down because you were at the store while there was an earthquake. So. Yeah. Um, and I have a cat, so 
I am like super careful about if depending on the type of candle that I'm burning, whether or not I can leave that candle unattended just to go into the other room. Because again, if it's like, if it's not in, have, if it doesn't have its own like uh, container, I'm not leaving that candle unattended. Cause I know my cat's going to knock that down and burn my house down. Um, mm. So yeah, super careful about what kind of candles I'm burning and also where I'm burning it. What is around my candle? Yes. And also, yeah, what's around your candle. Um, make sure, you know, a kid can't get to it. A pet can't get to it. Um, yeah, just all that fun stuff. Just make sure you can have the ban- candle burning and your house isn't going to burn down. Um, the other thing that uh, especially Madame Pamita says that you need to do is you need to trim the wick. Um, she even recommends trimming it while it's still burning and that the wick should always be about a quarter inch in length. Um, and the one thing I've repeatedly heard, and this is something I'm a little incredulous about, but what I've always heard is you don't want to burn a candle for extended periods of time, um, like more than four hours, because it can cause like things to pop and hypothetically it could cause like a catastrophic failure um, is my understanding. That being said, I did not know that rule until recently. And I regularly burn candles for like hours and hours at a time, just because that's the best way. Like if you have a seven day candle, but you can only, you know, burn candles when you are awake and conscious in your home but you are working in your only home for like seven or eight hours or home and conscious for like you know a weekend where it's a Saturday and it's like the one time you're going to be home for more than five hours before you have to go to sleep then you burn the candle all day um yeah so these are best practices like you know if it, mm-hmm. we don't recommend burning a candle more than four hours at a time because it can you know especially if it's in a glass enclosure the glass can heat up, glass can expand, glass can explode. Um, there are some witches that went, or even <clears throat> not even witches, just there are some people that if they have a fireplace, they'll burn their candles in their fireplace behind a metal grate in case there's an explosion. Um, I've heard of people, if they do have to leave their candle unattended, they will leave it in the bathtub. Um, maybe f- like put some water in the bottom of the bathtub. Um to you know just make sure that if there is a catastrophic failure they have something in place to protect them yes exactly so yeah so that's a rule don't burn candles for extended period of times um i also recently learned this from madame pamita's book i mean granted i like to put up my candles with a snuffer um or before i use a snuffer i just blew them out um but she made a point to say you should never put out candles with water because it can cause a wax fire. Um, so yeah, that's a thing. If you try to put out a candle with water, it can actually make the fire worse if it's a candle fire. So don't put candles out with water. Um, and then another big one is make sure there's nothing around or above the candle that can catch fire. I recently was an idiot. I had just put together my ancestor altar and I have like this little bulletin board thing. And I was like, oh, I'll hang this on the wall, like directly above my ancestor altar. And then I'll put this candle directly below the bulletin board, which nothing bad happened. But it took a while for me to be like, oh, there's smoke coming from this candle and it's going directly onto the bulletin board. Huh. If something fell from this bulletin board, it would fall onto the candle and catch on fire. I should move that bulletin board. So like, yeah, yeah, you should. Yeah. yeah, be very careful. I do the same thing. 
like I like to burn candles in the bathtub, whether it's because I'm, you know, doing some kind of ritual in the bathtub or just I want a nice scented candle when I'm in the bath. Um, And for whatever reason, I always put the candle directly underneath my hand towel. And then I get into the bathtub and I look up at the candle and I'm like, nope, that's going to light my hand towel on fire. And then I have to get out of the bath and move it. So just be very careful. Again, if you're, you don't think like, why would I have something above my candle? But you, you know, you might put it below a bulletin board, below your hand towel before anything like below anything like that. So just be very careful about what's above or around your candle. Like don't put your candle in the middle of a pile of mail that could catch on fire on fire. Yeah. Or like put it directly below your drapes or put it directly below a scarf you have hanging next, like, you know, have a candle burning on your nightstand and you have a scarf over your headboard, that sort of thing. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah. You sound kind of um, like you're in a cave all of a sudden. I don't know why that changed because I have not changed anything about my phone. Weird. Oh, well. Okay. Um, and then also be careful with if, – if you are dressing your own candles, be very careful. Herbs and oils are flammable. Um, so if you're putting a lot of oil on it or a lot of herbs in the candle wax, um, those can catch on fire. And they don't – they're not necessarily going to burn everything, but they can spark um, when they, you know, if you're, if the, the flame catches an herb and mm-hmm. so that's one of the things you want to be careful what's around. Cause if it sparks, if it is a cinder going to fall, cause I've had that happen, you know, a cinder falls onto whatever was below and scorches what was below my candle. So um, I wouldn't recommend an altar cloth underneath your candle. That's going to be something that's expensive or vintage or super sentimental, um, I, when I very first started out a couple of years ago, um, I was like, I didn't have an altar or anything. I was just sitting on my yoga mat and there are, will be forever scorch marks in my yoga mat because I was burning a dressed candle and one of the like herbs or flower petals or something that was in it caught fire. Just, I mean, just briefly, it wasn't a huge fire, didn't cause anything, but it flew out and landed on the yoga mat and singed my yoga mat. So Mm-hmm. just be aware that those kinds of things are going to happen. So if you have a super fancy or expensive altar cloth, or maybe you're using, you know, you, you have an ancestor altar and you're using your grandmother's shawl, um, be aware that you might end up with scorch marks on that from a dressed candle. Yeah. And also like, so do you remember that spell I did with Hera that uh-huh. really, really didn't go well? Uh-huh. So what I did um, what I did is I put way too much oil onto this tea light and it literally just turned into like a six inch flame. <laughs> um, so yeah, don't do that. Be careful. Cause some oils, like, I think these were just cheap oils. Cause I've never had this happen again, or maybe I just really pissed off era. I don't fucking know. Um, but yeah, just be careful. Cause you know, oil is flammable. Herbs are flam- flammable. You don't want like you know, basically a bunch of kindling attached to your candle. So just use common sense. Don't, you know, make a ball, a big flammable ball. So, yeah. 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 And that's one of the reasons I don't dress my own candles. Um, I know how to make candles, but I'm just like always afraid that I'm going to burn my house down. So I'm just like, I'm going to leave it to the professionals for now. I'll get into dressing my own eventually. But for now, yeah, there are other people that really know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yes. So 
Yeah, now let's move into tools. So the most basic tool for your candle magic are the candles you use. And these could be anything like the jarred vigil candles that you can buy in the grocery store. You could do tea lights, votive candles. I like to chime candles I like a lot because they usually burn within an hour or two. So especially if you're doing a spell where you need to meditate and stare at the candle the entire time it's burning. Like if you're burning a big ass pillar candle, you're going to be staring at that candle for days. Whereas a chime candle or say a birthday candle, that's going to move out, burn out pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, the birthday candle thing I actually haven't thought about. That's all Madame Pamita that was in her book. But um, yeah, I work with chime candles a lot. I like taper candles for some things. Um, I like big pillar candles for carving and doing big spells. I also like vigil candles or seven day candles for the same thing. Um, and then another type of candle that's really common that I believe I've talked about for doing a spell on someone else's behalf are figural candles because then you can attach, like you can carve their name into it and attach the spell to that Sun. Yeah. Um, yeah. I am more of a votive or pillar candle person um, just because I feel like they fit really nice in little glass encasements. And again, I've got a cat, so I'm like super cautious about what I'm burning all the time um, versus like a tapered candle. Um, and also, again, the smaller candles are nice. Um, you know, if, like Katie said, they can burn down more quickly. Uh, so if it's just a small something I'm trying to do, that's what I'll work with. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And then the color of candle you use can also, um, and yeah, like, that is something you want to uh, take in mind when you are choosing the candle for a specific spell or work that you're doing. White is good because it's the neutral color. It can work with anything. Um, but you can also use small, you can use specific colors for specific purposes. So, you know, stereotypically, um, pink is for love, green is for uh, health, prosperity, green is for money. Yeah. yeah, blue is for healing, that sort yeah. of thing. I am a fan of having just like, like tea lights, you can buy just like a huge pack of white tea lights, um, or you could get small, like again, like votive candles or, or chime candles in multiple colors and then just like having them on hand. So that way, if you need, if you need a spell quickly, um, you know, even for your friend, it calls you and says like, Oh my gosh, I've got a huge interview tomorrow. Like, I don't know what to do. And you're like, Katie was saying earlier, Oh, I'll light a candle for you. Okay. Friend's got a huge interview. Let's grab a green candle and let's just light that real fast Set an intention with that one real fast. So like, um, just like little tea lights or having little candles like that on hand for when you want to do a quick spell are, is super useful. Again, white candles, good for everything. You can always use those, charge it up with your intentions. Um, never mm-hmm. underestimate the power of a tea, of a tea light. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And if you do start to get more into candle magic, like I just keep candles of all shapes and sizes in my house cause I have a fucking problem. <laughs> um, but you can, yeah, no, it's, yeah, keeping candles on hand is great because you can, you never know when you want to throw together a spell. Um, and then the next thing is a way to make fire. So there's this debate of lighter versus candle. Lighter um, versus match. I, or lighter versus match. Yeah, sorry. I had written it in our notes as lighter versus candle, and that was, I did not correct myself. <laughs> I apologize. 
there's this debate of lighter versus match. I have currently shifted to the match side just because I am a big wimp and I don't want to use a lighter or a match unless it can I can keep the fire far away from my fingers. So I don't really like the short lighters and lighting candles using a short lighter. And most refillable lighters are short. Um, so if it's, I mean, I really recommend that you get a safety or a barbecue lighter if you are going to use a lighter, um, just so you can you know get to the bottom of those vigil candles and you're not worried about burning your fingers. Um, but also those are all disposable. Like you have to just throw all that plastic away when you use it. That's why I have switched to matches. I've, I actually recently discussed with Missa because I've recently reached the conclusion of my search for the most environmentally not capitalist matches that I could buy. And I've decided buying them off of Etsy is the best way to buy them because, you know, if you buy them locally, I can only find them at like big box hardware stores and they're wrapped in plastic. If you buy them off Etsy, it's a small company, but it's also wrapped in plastic. Um, and so I've just decided I'd rather buy from the small company. So just buy matches off of Etsy. It's yeah. Great. Again, they make, yeah. they make really long matches. Um, I mean, well, they make really, really long matches. They make kind of mid-sized matches. I'm not talking about little, like, matchbooks. I mean, yeah, if you want to have a matchbook, I don't know where you get those today. Um, I have seen some, actually, that are, like, little incense matches, which are kind of cool. But, yeah, if you can get, mm -hmm. like, mid-length or long matchsticks, those are great for lighting candles. And, honestly, just the, like, striking the match and, like, creating the flame, putting it to the candle – is in and of itself sometimes a super spiritual experience. Yes. And um, the name for those super long matches are called fireplace matches. That's what you want to Google because, yeah, I've tried to buy safety matches and they were the safety matches, quote unquote, were only like seven inches long. You want like the 11 inch fireplace matches. So, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, it's, and I feel the same way as Katie. I'm not a big fan of disposable lighters. I have some disposable lighters only because there was one day where I was like, I need to do candle magic now. And I went to like a local drugstore and I was like, do you have matches? And they looked at me like, no, ma'am, it's the 21st century. Why would you need matches? <laughs> yeah. So I had to buy a lighter that day. Um, but other than that, yeah, I'm not a big fan of plastic lighters. Yep. Same. Um, yeah. So the next is candle holders. So this is very basic. And if you buy a candle, you need a way to put, like, to burn that candle safely, which involves having a holder. So if you buy a candle you want to think through and be like where can I like if you buy a taper candle and you don't own a taper candle holder how are you going to burn this candle so yeah you just need to think things through before you just go all willy-nilly burning candles everywhere. yes like the chime um, candles Katie like you say you use one of the reasons I don't use those a lot is because I just I don't have a lot of candle holders for those um and so it Eventually, I will go and, and purchase candle holders for those. But since I don't have, I think I have like two right now. So if I want to burn more than one uh, little chain candle or a pillar candle, um, it's just not an option for me. So definitely make sure that you have those kind of tools ahead of time because there's nothing worse than 
planning candle magic and then actually setting out to do it and realizing it's just not going to work because you can't fix it to anything. You, you can't do it safely. Yeah. And it can be super simple. Like I've bought my big taper um, candle holders. I bought at target and my little, most of, I have a couple of nice um, birchwood uh, chime candle holders, but I have a bunch that are just these little ceramic ones that I bought at ritual craft. They're great. Their chime candles are like 75 bucks a pop. And then you can buy these little like $2 candle holders. 75 cents a pop. Um, the candles are $75. Okay, so $75. Cents, and I was like, do not spend $75 on a chime oh. candle girl. <laughs> I'm deeply sorry. I, this is Monday. Mondays are my busy day at work. I'm, I know. I appreciate yeah. you. Uh, uh, recording after work. I had today off, so it's not as hard for me. But you, uh, you did do all the work on the outline too. So we we appreciate all the the hard work you put into this podcast, Katie. It's okay. I try. I just appreciate the appreciation. <laughs> um. So. So then, yeah. Next are just like miscellaneous tools. So a candle inscriber, which is basically just a piece of metal with pointy bits at the end that allows you to inscribe words onto the candle or carve the candle and I like using that because it's just like using a pen to carve into a candle or maybe not a pen because it's you know carving is not like uh writing but it is more comfortable as compared to like using a nail or a pin like pins are really delicate and you almost feel like you're going to poke yourself because you're like trying to inscribe with a pin and then I haven't ever used a nail but because it's also short I can't imagine that it's comfortable to carve with so you know I feel like a candle inscriber is like an intermediate to advanced tool like I wouldn't invest in the money for a candle inscriber unless you know you are going to be using it all the time I bought one though and I use it all the damn time and I highly recommend it if you get serious about doing candle magic yeah. so yeah. and then next is a wick trimmer which is exactly what it sounds like it's actually like this weird tool because it's like scissors that are built to be like shoved down into a vigil candle so it's like scissors that are shaped to be vertical instead of horizontal and then they have like a little plate at the end so you can trim the wick and then catch the wick they're actually very specific tools if you look at them um and then an awl which if you don't know what that is um it's like it's a leather working tool that you use to puncture leather but i have one because i have like did leather working for Halloween costume a while ago. Um, but, and also because of archaeology, I have a fascination mm -hmm. with alls, but that's my own form of problem. Um, but alls are also great for dressing vigil candles because, you know, you can't take vigil candle candles out of the glass um, container they're in. So what a lot of people do instead is you can poke holes in the top of the vigil candle and then like put a drop of oil into each hole and then sprinkle herbs and then, you've dressed your vigil candle. Um, so it's better than just like sprinkling it over the top. Um, and you can also like, if you don't want to, if you're not a weirdo who's obsessed with alls because of some <laughs> archeological research you did in your undergrad profile, like me, if you don't want to spend money on an all, you can also, uh, and that's all spelled A-W-L in case you're like, why does she keep saying all? This is very strange. Um, there's actually a, uh, <sighs> There's a so I did a lot of research into feminist and gender archaeology for my undergrad surprise. 
Um, and one of the formative essays for feminist archaeology is this essay called What Does This All Mean? And it's all spelled <laughs> A-W-L in case you are ever curious about how nerdy archaeologists are. <laughs> anyway, so if you don't want to spring for an all, you can also use an ice pick or a screwdriver. I also have heard like just a metal chopstick shoved in there can work. I mean, really anything long and pointy that you can use with violence. Yeah. Another fun. thing to, to talk about with those vigil candles or any kind of candle that comes in its own like glass container um, because you can't carve into them, you can use a Sharpie and write on the glass. Um, that's an option too. You know, if, if you have a, a cool white candle in a glass container, especially because those can be super cheap sometimes, um, you can just write whatever you need to write on it in Sharpie. That's totally fine. We're not going to uh, gatekeep that and say that you can't do that. No, and that's a great idea. I mean, I know there are some fancy vigil candles where, like, you can slip the candle itself out of the jar and then carve into the candle and dress it and then put it back in the jar. I have never seen those, though. And as far as I know, they only exist at Enchantments at New York. Um, but they have to be in other places. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't know why I've heard so much about them. I have just never seen them personally. Um, but yeah, but yeah, no, Sharpies are great. I was actually just thinking that I need to like up my Sharpie game because I would like to be able to, you know, elaborately decorate vigil candles instead of, you know, what I have been doing is awkwardly scrawling in Sharpie, like in bad handwriting. And I'm trying to get better about that. Uh, so, yeah. I was thinking about Jessica Lignato's most recent episode about her carrying a Sharpie on her at all time. Um, which again, if you don't listen mm -hmm. to Jessica Lignato, I don't know what you're doing here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's very, it's very punk rock though. I remember being like a tiny scene kid in high school and I also always had a Sharpie on me mainly because I thought I, Sharpies were badass because I was very, do you remember lame. the mini ones that anyway. you could like have on your keychain? Are those still a thing? Oh Yeah. <laughs> Thing. I don't know. I just remember drawing everything, like on everything. Yeah. Oh, back yeah. In the day, Absolutely. Yeah. Like your Chuck Taylors. <laughs> your Chuck Taylors. I did have Chuck Taylors for years. They finally got huge holes in the canvas, and I had to. Fill oh, them out. rough. Um, but like Chuck Taylors for a solid like 12, 13 years, and they were great. I probably just need to get them replaced, but I know Chuck Taylors have changed a bit since I bought that pair, and now I'm kind of like, if I bought another pair of Chucks, would they even be the same? Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, back to candles. Um, like I was saying <laughs> earlier, how I don't use um, a lot of like pillar or chime candles because I'm afraid they're not going to fit in my candle holders. Um because I have before, like I, I, I had a candle holder and I thought it would fit whatever kind of candle I was using. And then it was like too small, like the candle was too small for the candle holder. And so I had to like, this is a trick that my mom uses in her candles. I wrap the bottom in like aluminum foil or saran wrap or something um, to make it a little bit bigger on the bottom. So it would fit in the candle holder. Um, but they actually make candle snuggers. Correct, Katie? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. They're called candle snuggers. I actually used to use them back in the day when I used to work in the wedding industry. Um, and you probably saw them too working. I don't know if your church used them, but when we used to have to set up altars for wedding services, um, you would have to, you know, fit the candles with a candle snugger in order to fit into the candelabra usually. 
Um, and they're just like these little weird rubber discs that you put at the base of the candles and then they just like, you know, conform to the candle holder so they don't really move around. Um, and then on the opposite side of that, say you buy a candle and it's too big, you can buy a carving tool to carve it down, but also you could probably just use a pocket knife if that's really what you want to do. So Yeah, we're yeah. big fans of the pocket knife on the podcast. <laughs> And then arguably the most important tool is a fire extinguisher. Because as we have discussed before, pouring water on a candle fire may just make a way worse wax fire. Like, you know how they say if you get a grease fire in a kitchen, you need to smother it and not pour water on it because it can just cause the grease to spread and make the fire worse. It's the same thing. So don't pour water on a candle fire because it can make it worse. Um, so that's why you need a fire extinguisher. You need um, baking soda or sand is also an alternate. And then if it's a small fire, you could probably just use a pan lid, much less, much like you would in a grease fire. But again, like say you left the room for a minute and all of a sudden your couch is on fire. You're not going to put that out with a pan lid. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So those are, again, the basics, the basics of candles. Um, We do have a lot more still to talk about. And so we're actually going to stop this recording um, and we're going to come back in two weeks. I know we haven't done a two weeks uh, in between episodes in a long time. We're going to come back in two weeks and hit you with more on candle magic because we still have a lot to say. Yes. And yeah, this is kind of on the fly because, you know, I went to write this outline and I was like, I've written five pages and I didn't realize I knew so much about candle magic. Um, But yeah, there is still so much to talk about. And yeah, we just don't want you to miss out. And we also don't want this to be a three hour long recording. Yes. And also, if you want to um, reach out to us. You can email us at um, babywitchpod at gmail.com. And you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at babywitchpod. All right. We will talk to you all in two weeks. Next week, if I can get my act together on the next Magical Monday. Bye.